we all have to broaden our skill sets right now. Welcome to Pro Tradecraft's Career Toolbox. I'm Fernando Pajes, and I'm here to help you turn your day job into a career. To kick off this series on career options, I invited back my friend and advisor, the economist Elliot Eisenberg. Beyond here on Pro Tradecraft, where you've heard him before, you may have heard Elliot speak on cable news programs, talk radio, and NPR. He makes the rounds. As a former senior economist with the National Association of Home Builders, and now a regular consultant to several large real estate and professional associations, among Elliot's most prestigious positions is his role as chief economist at the Pro Tradecraft Career Toolbox. I invited Elliot back to our show because since we last spoke, things have changed dramatically and unexpectedly. I plan to ask him what's happening and more importantly, what's coming for our industry as home builders and remodelers. Is it time to hang up the hammer and hit the books instead of the nails? But first, a few words on COVID-19. The good news is that most states consider construction and home repairs an essential business exempt from mandated closures. The states not exempting construction include Michigan and New York, but they'll be opening soon. Everyone else is working, or at least they could be if there's work. The bad news comes with the economy, as builder confidence and housing starts are plunging. More on this when we speak with Elliot. Meanwhile, the NHP ran a survey on the percentage of builders' response to the COVID, and here's what they found. 48% have halted construction on some or all their projects, although only 25% have laid off employees. 84% allow non-construction employees to work from home. And 17% have donated their stock of N95 respirator face masks to first responders, such as a local hospital. So let's get to the interview. Elliot, thanks for agreeing to come back on the Career Toolbox. My pleasure. Absolutely delighted, Fernando. Thank you. As an economist, you're always at risk because you're in the business of making predictions. So brace yourself because I'm about to consult your crystal ball. The last time we spoke, you were so high on the construction economy that you urged listeners to drop out of the PhD program immediately and get to laying bricks. Are you still pumped on careers in construction? I still am, but there's a little bit of a delay, let's put it that way. Yeah, things were fine. Things were good. The construction industry was slowly improving, and then last December, December 19, and Jan and Feb 20, it went into overdrive, and it was contributing to GDP. It was having its best three-month run in 12 or 13 years, 1.6 million units. It was great. And then, of course, COVID-19 comes and everything goes into the the dumpster fire, if you will. So now it's a case of, whoa, slow down. Uh, College suddenly looks a little more appealing, or community college, or grad school, or whatever it is, looks more appealing than it did before, because jobs are no longer going to be nearly as plentiful as they were. Builders are going to struggle. So how do the stats look for home building and remodeling thus far? I know we've only got first quarter stats, and I, I, I always hear when I listen to the news and they talk about first quarter stats, which sound pretty bad, they say, but the second quarter will be even worse. Right. That's, that's, that's exactly right, because April, we were closed down the whole month. March, we were only closed down at most half the month. So the April data should be at least 
at least twice or three times as bad. It'll probably be four or five times as bad, actually. Um, on the remodeling side, things don't look all that bad for two reasons, oh, for maybe a couple. Uh, one, uh, people need to remodel their house. They've got kids, uh, you know, their household grows, the refrigerator breaks, they can't get a new one that fits the right size. The roof breaks, which is a required fix, or there's a leak. So remodeling activity will probably go from rising at, say, 3 4% a year to probably declining at 1% or 2% a year. So the gap is not trivial. You know, a 5 6 percentage point change, right, from being up a little to down a little. But clearly not a trauma, not a, not a profound trauma here in the, in the remodeling business. On the new construction side, however, you know, when you have recessions, generally speaking, housing and autos really take it hard. Mm-hmm. And we know already in the auto market that auto sales have fallen from a February level of about 16.8 million down to about 7 million. Mm. So you're wow. looking at well over a 50% decline. And autos are something you can only delay so long. Eventually, you need to get a car, right? I mean, your car breaks or whatever it is. You need to get you need to get to your job. Well, fewer people have those now too. So I suspect that housing is not going to be doing substantially better. Now, there's good news in the auto market. The good news is auto sales seem to have bottomed out in April. Mm-hmm. By by end of April, they were going up. They were still very low. Don't get me wrong, but they were improving. So it wouldn't surprise me if housing had a slower but similar trajectory where, you know, people are locked in their houses. The realtors can't show homes. Home builders can't show houses against the law. Now it becomes allowed. They can do virtual tours. Maybe in a month they open up the housing market. They open up the showing market. The realtors show houses maybe with time of interviews or something. Um, Then you could see things improving. But I suspect in the very short run, next couple of months, uh, builders finish the houses that they've built or they're in the process of building now because you can't stop. And then things kind of tighten up. Banks don't want to lend so much. Buyers aren't so interested. Lines of credit are harder to tap. And we sort of go into a mild slowdown phase. So maybe we're up from the bottom, but we're not doing particularly well because unemployment is too high. People are uncertain. Loans, getting a loan is now harder a little bit too. So this will all put the brakes to some extent on housing. Housing has to fall by by 30 or 40%. 30 or 40%. Now, I notice when I go to Home Depot that it's packed. I mean, it's it's worse than the grocery store, um, But uh, which I guess goes to your comments on remodeling, that it's still strong. People are fixing their houses, and maybe they have a lot more time they now that they're sitting they at home. Time. Yeah. Right, right. The honeydew so, grows. Yeah, the honeydew list grows. I know mine has grown tremendously, and so and so has my house. It's it's looking great. I've painted. I've planted a garden. It's <laughs> terrific. I mean, what what dollars I have left, Home Depot has has confiscated. But there um, you go. But now you, you're kind of projecting a little bit of a a, a very different turnaround uh, than our president is projecting. Do you do you project a quick and robust rebound in construction in, in 20, late 2020 or 2021, as our president predicts, or you've got a little bit more of a, a dark view? I, I, I wouldn't say it's a dark view. That's wrong, but I don't think it's quite as sunny. Let's put it that way. I think the way to think about this recovery is, is to think of it as a checkmark-shaped recovery. 
where the decline is very steep and the recovery, assuming we don't have some bad rebound COVID activity, which is always a possibility, either in the fall, because when flu season comes, annually comes, it now packs a COVID-19 punch as well. And or as we relax social distancing, suddenly COVID cases start spiking again. So assuming neither of those things really badly happen, or if they happen and we're not prepared for them, that's more important, really, because we can deal with it if we're ready for it. We have hospital beds, ventilators, PPE equipment, and so on. If those don't happen, mm-hmm. we, we steadily recover. We might have a particularly good fourth quarter or, per, or a particularly good third quarter if we're very lucky. Um, but then next year, growth is, you know, 3%, better than two, but say it's three for a couple of years. And by the end of, you know, 22, we've probably regained everything we've lost. So it'll, this is going to mm-hmm. be a two and a half year recovery of what we lost in two months. This is going to take time. Wow. wow. Right. And this is a good scenario. This is a good scenario. I mean, it could be worse. It could go, it could go off the rails if, you know, health, health issues aren't resolved sufficiently. So even if the COVID uh, comes back in the fall, if we're ready for it, if we have the, uh, the medical personnel, the hospital beds, the, the equipment, et cetera, it won't be the same shock to the system that it was initially. I guess that's Correct. What, you're, what you're saying. Yeah. Very much so. I think we've all learned what social distancing means. We've all learned what lockdown means. We've all had, you know, we all, we've all learned how to go and zoom into a Zoom webinar, conference calls, mm-hmm. and so on. Rearranged our work. Office space will be shaped differently. Restaurants will know how to do takeout and curbside pickup at Best Buy and whatever it is. So the transition won't be so hard. We'll have done it, and the, hopefully, on the hospital side, we'll have the kit that we need to, 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 mm-hmm. to do what we have to do. And if we do, as long as the hospitals don't get overwhelmed, then it's a manageable crisis. Crisis is the word, but it's manageable. If the hospitals are overwhelmed, then the number of deaths begin to, to really skyrocket, and that becomes a, a national tragedy. That's quite yeah. different. People so I'm optimistic that, that we can be ready. This is six months away, seven months away come November. We should be able to get ourselves together by then. Let's hope so. For those uh, in con- in COVID confinement for another few weeks, or if they're working at a company that won't be gearing up anytime soon, how do you recommend using your time productively? Like, you know, drywall installers can't telecommute to work. What what should we be doing today? Reconsider college? Find another well, career? <laughs> <laughs> those are extreme cases, and it's it's hard objectively. I mean. You know, it's very unlikely that, that me, an economist, will suddenly decide to become a ballet dancer. It's just really unlikely. I've got skills, and I'm going to use my skills in some new way. So it's think outside the box, obviously, is one thing. But I think the simpler thing is to do a product line expansion, if you will, in this case. Learn about new products. Spend your time learning about new things that you can learn to do as a drywaller, as a painter, or whatever, installing new things, new flooring joist system designs or whatever it is so, so you become a much more much more more productive or, or, or a, a person with a broader set of skills mm-hmm. so you can answer the call and can you do this yeah i i can do that and you may not have physically done it before but you've read about it you understand it you've watched a couple seminars on it and you're ready to give it a whirl in the real world scenario and you won't say no because you we all have to broaden our skill sets right now and that's the easiest and most direct way for for a construction guy to do it i'm doing the same thing in lockdown as an economist i'm learning new skills 
So like if you're a, a drywaller, the example I gave, one thing you know how to do is how to measure, right? Because you know how to measure the, the, the sheets to piece this piece in the drywall. So you can take that same skill set and apply it to flooring, like you said, or to other types of installations that require those same skills. Why can't you? You, you could do draperies. Learn how, to, okay. learn how to install draperies. Interesting. Figure it out. Broaden your sets so you can say yes to more things. That's really the critical thing. The answer is always oh. got to be yes. Because you're not gonna, you may not have enough work in what you did before if too right. many firms in that industry decide to, to go belly up. Interesting. So I, I could use that skill since I've been hanging drapery and doing some of those kinds of things around the house. Thanks for the suggestion. I never thought of it in that way. But when you talk about broadening skills, you really mean it. Not, not just in terms of taking something you already do and apply it in a slightly different way, but think in terms of doing something completely new. But not so unfamiliar that you're going to be afraid and reluctant and resistant to doing it. Right, you know, right. And I said, don't become a deep sea diver looking for, looking for treasure in the bottom of the Pacific Ocean, in the, in the Mariana Trench or something, you know, pick something that's close. Like I, I've got, I've picked up new skills. I'm reading a whole bunch of academic articles to learn how to do some new technology and new mathematical skills. That's going to make me a better economist. I just didn't have time to do before. So I'll be able to be a little better. Well, good. We we'll look forward to speaking to you again, maybe in about six to eight months time to see how things have gone. Would you reconsider sure. another if you're still uh, if you're still doing this type of a gig? Absolutely, this is the highlight of my professional career, as you as you mentioned in the introduction. <laughs> well, thank you, Elliot, so much, uh, and and uh, glad that you were able to make it. A little perspective on what could be, and some great advice from our chief economist, Elliot Eisenberg, PhD, who won't be picking up a hammer or learning to ballet anytime soon. <laughs> Some parting advice from someone who still wears a tool belt, at least from time to time, our business advisor, David Gerstel, author of the seminal How to Run a Successful Construction Company, and most recently, Nail Your Numbers, about accurate estimating. Give me his thoughts for you and me, and admonishes us to use this downtime to roll up your shirt sleeves and start reading. Read the best books on construction company management that you can find. Figure out how to re-engineer your company to weather hard times and blossom during good times. If you get knocked down, but you don't want to quit on your dream of being an independent builder, start reading some more. You may have thought that what you did not know did not matter. It does. Have the humility to learn what you don't know from those who do. And use this new knowledge to engineer a stronger comeback. In other words, if you want to climb high, don't clamber up a cheap ladder. Use your time to build a strong scaffolding of rock-solid knowledge instead. The future is still ahead.